Today we're asking, do you think we'll see offer sheets this summer from NHL teams? Log on to tsn1040.ca uh, to cast your vote or check it out at TSN1040 on Twitter. Make today legendary the new Subway Montreal steak made with 100% Canadian beef. Montreal steak spice. That's what makes it, JD. Subway, make it what you want. Guys, we're going to get into the Mathletics here in just a moment, but we do want to hear from you because we are going to debate a topic that is quite hot right now in NHL circles, the offer sheet, which we just mentioned in our poll question. And right now the uh, poll, 250 votes already, and it's pretty even at the moment, 54% saying yes. You can also interact with us via the inbox. That's live at tsn1040.ca. You can text us at 104040. You can tweet at us um, at Andrew Wadden, that's W-A-D-D-E-N, or at J. Dylan Burke, and that's Burke with an E. And also, guys, coming up later on this hour, we're going to give you the next code word on how you can win a snowboard, a custom snowboard, courtesy of Wired Snowboards right out of East Vancouver. And I'll tell you what, this is a fantastic prize. Not only do you get to pick the shape of the board, the size of the board, you also get to put your own custom graphics and a little inside information. I got my board made up right now. It's being made. Uh, by Rob Dow and the good people at Wired Snowboards, and I'm going to be taking that to Nelson with me next week when I go shred the gnar up at Whitewater. But uh, enough about me. Let's get into JD, and this is the Mathletics. But before we do that, rink-wide, powered by BTM Lawyers, LLP. Talk to the lawyers and all the stats when it comes to personal injury claim. BTMLawyers.com, JD. Give us the math. Well, you're going to shred the NAR. I'm going to shred the Utica Comets. Oh. I am fired up. Well played. The decision to send Petrus Palmu back to TPS Turku of the Finnish Liga marks the end of a tumultuous three-month relationship between the player and club in which Petrus Palmu only suited up for 12 of the Utica Comets games this season. He had just the one assist, but frankly, what can you ask of a player playing an average of fewer than eight minutes a night at five on five? That is the question. And we talk about teams. How many players can they fit in? How many prospects can they get in the lineup? Well, as Ryan Beach has made clear, the San Jose Sharks do a good job of it with their farm team. The Toronto Marlies have been integrating prospects into their program for years like clockwork. And the list goes on and on. Now, I understand this is a business. I understand that Utica is trying to maintain their market share. I understand that Trent Cole and Ryan Johnson are looking to move up in the hockey world. But it's best that they keep in mind who is there who is their person, their team that they are beholden to. And that is the Vancouver Canucks. And when you've got players like Petrus Palmu that they had to negotiate out of the second year of his contract with TPS Turku to get to Utica, and this is the treatment he gets, you're souring that relationship off of the hob. Now, you're going to tell me there's a lot of time left in Palmu's career. He's 21 years old. Maybe that's the case. But we're getting to the point here in two, three years where we have to know what he is and if that's something can contribute at the NHL level. And certainly when we saw him in the preseason, and he brought enough that we could expect him to get to that point eventually. Now, there's no math in there. There's just anger. There's frustration. I, I like when there's no math. I'm bringing it. But let me tell you, there are some stats to back this up. The comments want to tell you that the AHL is the second best league in professional hockey. I'm not buying it. And I've got the translation factors to prove it. I reached out to Canucks Army's Jeremy Davis. Here's what he had to tell me. 
the ranking is le- the rankings of leagues goes like this: NHL, KHL, SHL, Liga, where Petrus Palmu played last season and was the rookie of the year. Extra Liga, that is the Czech men's league, then the AHL. You're telling me he couldn't hack it in a league that was two tiers below his last season where he was the rookie of the year? Where he had a 56% Corsi at 5-on-5? I'm not buying it. And who knows if Palmu is ever going to be buying Canucks stock again? This relationship has taken a hit for the worst, and it didn't have to. And when we look at the Paul Moose situation and what it pretends for this Canucks lineup, consider this. Jonah Gadjevich has been a regular healthy scratch, averaging 8.30 a night at 5-on-5 five five when he does get into the lineup. Adam Gaudet in his four games with the Utica Comets this season, averaging fewer than 10 minutes a night. Cole Lind, just over 9 minutes a night at 5-on-5. Five five. The kids? The kids aren't all right. And that is this week's edition of the Mathletics. Brought to you by our good friends over at Dunbar Painting. Dunbar Painting's interior painting services are clean, detailed, and completed by experienced staff. Whether you want one room painted, your old home restored, or have a high-end new home, <clears throat> Blake Price, our staff are ready to show you that we fireplace. care about yeah, you seen that fireplace? <laughs> we care about what we do and provide you with a beautiful job, just like my man JD did with a beautiful job there. And I'll tell you what, that was the glass half empty approach with Petrus Palmu. Uh uh, there was some steam, I think, coming out of your ears. I'm not having it. With that, Mathletes. And, and there's many that aren't. There's many that are echoing what you're saying. I mean, if he can't play at the AHL level, then where can he play? Well, I mean, come on. He's proven that he can play in these leagues that you say are better. And in the inbox right now, LB and North Van saying KHL ahead of SHL. Don't buy that. Uh, why not? Yeah. Has there ever been an Ilya Kovalchuk in his prime in the SHL? Yeah. Pavel Datsuk? Yeah. Is he in the SHL? Is there something I'm missing yeah. here? Yeah. <laughs> it's where uh, NHL players uh, basically go to either prolong their career or the Russian stars go to make a bunch more money. Nikita Triampkin. Exactly. Nikita Triampkin. Guys, if you uh, haven't tuned or uh, checked out the Subway Fresh Take poll question today, we are talking offer sheets. We're wondering, do you think we'll... They'll, do you think we'll see offer sheets in English uh, this summer from NHL teams? Uh, either yes or no right now. 264 votes on Twitter. 55%. I haven't checked out uh, the .ca. Give me a moment. I'll, I'll dig that up. Uh, but let's get into this conversation. And guys, we want to welcome you into it as well. Uh, what do you think? Are we going to see offer sheets this summer? 604 1040 844 Or you can uh, send an email live at tsn1040.ca. Text 104040 JD. 100% we're going to see offer sheets this summer. Why, you ask? Because there are vultures circling right now. One team in particular, and that's the Toronto Maple Leafs, who have to sign the likes of Austin Matthews. That's not going to be easy. Mitchell Marner. That's not going to be easy. Kasperi Kapanen. That's not going to be easy. Plus, they've got the likes of John Tavares already on the books. They have $49 million already committed for next season at what looks like an $83 million salary cap. Tell me I'm wrong. You're the mayor of Wrongville. You couldn't be more wrong if you were the mayor of Wrongville, as a matter of fact. Before. Where have I heard that? And I'll tell you why. If we haven't seen them to this point, and you look at the decline of the offer sheet, yeah. there was a team that used to use it. There was a team that used to have it in its arsenal. 
the Mike Gillis era Canucks. They wielded that weapon to some effect back in the day. But we haven't seen anything like it since. In fact, the closest example that I can think of is Doug Wilson with the San Jose Sharks. Okay. With Nicholas Jarlmerson yeah. and Antti Emmy, Dual offer sheets that tied the hands of the Chicago Blackhawks. Now, are we going to see it with the Toronto Maple Leafs? Well, if there was any team that it was ever going to happen to, I think that they are prime example. They are patient one of this new era. But still, you look at their situation. They've got a projected cap hit of $56 million. They've still got about $20 million to play with, $23 million to play with. I think the big concern, if you're a Toronto Maple Leafs fan, and I, I know this isn't a, a Leafs podcast, a Leafs show, is probably losing somebody like Jake Gardner to UFA ahead of losing somebody like Austin Matthews yes. or Mitchell Marner. Okay. But here's proof. All right. Remember a few years ago when Nikita Kucherov yep. was available? He was right there. Yep. All summer. And nobody. Nobody. And you know what he signed for? Big money. Hardly anything. That's true. Hardly anything. I think it was under $5 million. But th- this seems like this is a different time right now. The last offer sheet that we have saw in the NHL was Ryan O'Reilly back in 2013, which, of course, was matched uh, by the Colorado Avalanche. The uh, Calgary Flames in on that one. Do you know when the last time an accepted offer sheet was? And this is a funny one because uh, it, it, it definitely spurred on a uh, what was almost a barn fight little hint for you. Ah, yes, that's correct. That would be between uh, Kevin Lowe, was it, and yep. and Brian Burke. Brian Burke, that's right. No relation. No D- relation. Dust, well, that's sad that you spell it the same. Uh, Dustin Penner. It's, a, it's an Irish thing. Five years, $21.5 million, uh, offered by the Edmonton Oilers, uh, and they stole them from the Anaheim Ducks. The Oilers were able to get a first, a second, a third in 2008. We could research what those picks end up being, but uh, maybe you guys can tell us. Uh, since then, one, two, three, four, five offer sheets have happened. All of them have been matched, and of course the Canucks uh, were on were, were, were in on one of those when Steve Bernier was Steve offered Bernier, a one-year yep. deal worth $2.5 million uh, by the uh, St. Louis uh, Blues. David uh, Backus. David Backus the year before that as well with the Canucks. Um, actually, no, that was the same year. It was in the... Uh, the, the they they offer sheeted right. David Backus, and I believe they traded for Steve Bernier after a lot of talk of the possibility of an offer sheet. Uh, I'll tell you what, we we spoke to uh, Pierre Maguire. Pierre Maguire was on the station yesterday. He thought for sure there's going to be offer sheets made this year, and he did focus in on the Toronto Maple Leafs. And, like, like, yeah, people's eyes glaze over when we start talking about the Leafs on Vancouver Radio, but they are the hot topic when it comes to offer sheets right now because of the fact that look what Mitch Marner is doing this year. Uh, he, he is arguably a top-five player in the NHL right now. Don't throw some, something at me when I say that, people. Austin Matthews, of course, we know what Austin Matthews does. All he does is score goals. McGuire thinking that Matthews, I know the light started flickering in here in the studio when I started talking Leafs. That's the, uh, that's the an power of right Canucks there. Nation right yeah. there. But Austin, he, he, he thought maybe Austin Matthews could ask for somewhere between 14 and 16 per next year. I mean, if John Tavares is making 11, and if Mitch Marner's doing the things that he's doing, he's going to command up to $10 million. I mean, there is going to be the Sharks circling in the water to try and steal those players. Yeah, but then again, you have to look at it. Is it to your advantage if you're a lottery team? Because the only team that yes. can afford to do that... Yes, it is. If you've got cap space, 100% it is. Is Mitchell Marner going to turn around your season? 
Well, I, I, don't, I, don't, I don't think so. Well, no, it's not the season that we're talking about. We're talking about the in the. You do it. Of course, it happens in the off season. I know, I know. You but is he going to turn got, around your fortune? Is he going to turn around your franchise with a couple of extra pieces beside him? Absolutely. He's and how are you going to find those pieces if you don't have five first round picks? If you are one of these teams right now that's at the bottom of the NHL that's going to have a good draft pick and has the cap space, giddy up, you're on it. And I know that you're going to you're giving away your draft picks, right? You're going to give away those ones. So the Vancouver Canucks. They yeah. could afford it. They could. Do you think that that makes them a playoff team next season? That's a good question. Would, that, would that, the, to me, is the Canucks, question. Would the Canucks think about that? Yeah, that's right. I mean, that's going to fuel comp- that. With the compensation that you would have to give up for that. Yeah, it's a good point. I mean, could, could you see the Canucks in on that? If the Canucks don't land the first, you know, top five pick... I guess if they, it depends on where they finish, of course. But if they don't have a top five pick, are they flirting with that idea? I don't think so. I think they wouldn't be allowed to. In fact, I've heard from, from several people that there is a, a, a strict mandate to keep all of their picks going into the draft this year, which is, of course, being held in Vancouver. We actually just had the uh, logo for the draft release this week. And, uh, you know, that, that was a bit of interesting news. I like the logo for whatever that's worth. But that's also going to drive the Canucks away from something like an offer sheet. Although, to that exact end, it wouldn't go against this year's draft picks. So, I, I just don't see it happening because the teams that are going to have the cap space for it are also going to be the teams that aren't in a position to take advantage of these elite talents on these deals. But a team like the Canucks that, like you said, they wouldn't have to give up their pick this year. So even if they have, you know, top five, top ten, first overall, whatever it is, they wouldn't have to give up their first round pick this year if they were to sign Mitch Marner anywhere between 8.1 to 10.48 million per season. That's two firsts, a second, and a third. If it's over 10.148 or 10.15, basically, that's four first-round picks. If I'm the Vancouver Canucks, I'm actually really considering doing this, especially if they get themselves another good pick, which they will this year, you know, barring some sort of, uh, you know, absolute resurgence and, and they end up making the playoffs. I mean, if they end up making the playoffs... I mean, maybe you're, you're you're not thinking about. I'm still thinking about it, to be honest with you. No. Put, put Mitch Marner on the on the Vancouver Canucks, and what are they next year? They are a fringe playoff team. You maybe. So. Quinn, maybe Quinn Hughes comes in the mix. Elias Patterson's that much older. Brock Besser, Jonathan Dolan maybe makes the team. Here is why drafting is so important, though, because you get these players cost controlled. You lose that element when you make an offer sheet. So you get Mitch Marner on $11.5, million, $12 million deal. You've negated any benefit to grabbing him at his youth. Because the Canucks aren't going to be able to contend while he's in his prime. And then they're going to be paying this offer sheet price for a diminishing asset. And they're not going to have the draft picks to insulate him and create a team. And here's the thing. You take away draft picks from Jim Benning. What does he do well? That is his strength. I don't think it's so much that this that's his strength. I think it's that it's his only strength. And I'm sorry, you want to say that sounds harsh. Come at me in the text inbox, 10-40-40. I want to hear about how many trades the Canucks have won in these last five seasons. Oh, no, that, I know. That, we're not talking about that. And what about free agency? In the inbox right now, we have enough of the Leafs talk, boys. You're losing me. No one cares. That's from an unsigned text in South Kamloops. Yeah, guess what? A lot of people care. And we're talking about not just the Maple Leafs. We're talking about how this could affect the Vancouver Canucks and why they should do something like 
possibly targeting uh, an RFA this summer to an offer sheet. I think the Vancouver Canucks, with a good draft this year and another player like a Mitchell Marner, I mean, I don't know if they're going to go for an Austin Matthews or someone to that degree. I think that puts them over the top. I think they're able to give out away the draft picks that would be in compensation. If you can get Mitch Marner for under $10.148 million and you only have to give up, what's that, a two first, a second and a third, giddy up, I'll do it all day, twice on Sundays. I won't. Well, there you have it. <laughs> Thanks for the debate there, JT. <laughs> I, I, I've said my piece. Live at, live at TSN 1040.ca. Text 1040.40. Coming up next, we are going to talk Vancouver Canucks. So, my man in South Kamloops that sent us that text message. We are going to talk about your Canucks. Coming up next with Patrick Johnston. We're going to ask him uh, his thoughts, possibly, on whether the Canucks should maybe offer sheet someone in the offseason. We're also going to preview tonight's game against the Philadelphia. Philadelphia Flyers. You're listening to Rink Wide right here, TSN 10:40. A guy that uh, I don't know if Patrick Johnson is much of a yeller like uh, like Botch is, but only uh, when he's getting upset with when, me. Yeah, only you when he's, yeah, he's yelling at you in his DMs or something. Uh, Patrick yeah. Johnson from the Province Canucks reporter with a uh, T joining the. Uh, did I? What did I say? I said Johnston. Oh, I know. I was making amends on Friday. Uh, I was doing a radio hit, and I get a I get a text from Patrick, and he's yeah. getting upset with me because I pronounced it Johnson. Oh, jeez, Patrick, how you doing, man? I'm great. You know, it's correct. I only yell at JD Good. Uh, in DMs, and that's the only time I ever yell, as my wife will tell you. Well, he's intimidating JD, right? So you want to kind of do it on social media. He couldn't do it to his face because, whoa, I'd be scared. No. <laughs> I got hit as too, man. I got hit as. All right, so the uh, Canucks playing the uh, Flyers tonight. The You know, the, the Flyers reeling at the moment. Of course, Dave Haxtell on the hot seat. Their goaltending is a mess, as usual. There's rumors that they're going to start making trades. Uh, Patrick... Uh, what are you focusing in on tonight in this matchup? It's, it is a wild story. Uh, you know, I, always, I mean, I wrote a little bit about this yesterday, but it was kind of funny to think about the parallels and not parallels between these two clubs with both uh, Ron Hextall and Jim Benning being hired within, you know, almost hours of each other in 2014. And then one of them doesn't have a job because he was too patient. And then one of them has kept his job because all of a sudden it's all about patience. Um, so that's that's kind of the off ice storyline for me that I kind of find funny. But on ice, you know, I mean, the Canucks having some fun, winning some games, maybe winning games they shouldn't win, uh, and then the Flyers being well, the Flyers. It's pretty simple, isn't it? Yeah. What do you expect though? Like from tonight? I mean, I, honestly, I think this is going to go absolutely sideways for the Flyers, and I could see Dave Haxtall being another uh, coach getting fired by the time Monday rolls around. I mean, it is it is entirely possible. It's certainly something that's been a talking point there for. I mean, it was a talking point last year that Dave Haxtell was going to be on the way yeah. up. So, you know, I mean, I, I'll believe it when I see it. Don um, Chuck Fletcher saying this week that. They're not moving fast to do anything, which is also funny, I thought, because they have specific ideas in mind when they got rid of Hextall and Hextall said he wouldn't do them. I don't know. But, uh, you know, I think you're right in saying that this could go sideways. I mean, it feels like a team that, uh, you know, we've seen this before, that even the team's playing well, nobody's happy about it. Um, and then when the team's not playing well, well, then things go go really pear-shaped. And, you know, on the other side of the ice, I mean, the Canucks, like I said, you know, I mean, they've... They, Perhaps got some results in the last couple games that you know were perhaps more than more than uh, the sum of their parts. But you know, this is a team that also was not, I think, fair to say that they were as bad as a team that actually did go lose eleven out of twelve games. And 
Um, they're, they're playing fun hockey and enjoying, you know, it's been an interesting team to cover and, you know, at least you can sort of see what they're trying to do anyway and, and they're still doing it. Rink-wide, powered by BTM Lawyers, brought to you uh, by BTM Lawyers, rather. We're talking to Pratt, Patrick Johnson of the province. and you Not talk- David Pratt. Pardon? Not David Pratt. I didn't say David Pratt. I corrected myself. And uh, we're talking to Patrick Johnson here. You do cover you the Canucks. Need a barn or something, you know, to yeah, this Yeah, well, I, I, yeah, no kidding. Uh, you know what? You're covering <laughs> the Canucks on a day-to-day basis yeah. as their beat reporter. And you talk about how the Canucks are winning some games that they perhaps shouldn't have, uh, shouldn't have come away with the win in. Certainly, I think you could make that case. And what's the mood from the Canucks, certainly from Travis Green even? Because you talk about when they were losing 12 or 13, and he talked about how there were about eight that he thought they played well in. Yeah. How do you think Green is reacting to the opposite trend where they're winning games that perhaps, uh, you know, the, they could have gone either way. Let's give them the benefit of the doubt on that one. You know, it's been interesting because even in those games that they weren't losing, that perhaps they, or that they weren't winning, I should say, that perhaps they felt they shouldn't be losing. You know, Green talked a lot about, you know, you don't want to get too down, but then when things go right for you, you don't want to get too high. And I think he would point to the way things were going in that stretch as the reason why you, you try to keep yourself under control. That you know, in the end, you got it because you don't, you can't get distracted from what you're doing. You know, he's honest about his team. They don't they uh, they don't have a you know. I mean, they're hopeful that Brock Besser is an elite goal scorer, and we've seen you know we've seen evidence he could be, but he's still only what, a year and a half into his NHL career. We know Eli. Patterson could be an elite goal scorer, but he's still what thirty plus games into his NHL career. Um, you know, he he's a coach that has taken, a, I think, in general, a pretty measured approach uh, in terms of how he wants his players to understand what they're doing, how to stay focused on what they're doing, and and in ter- and in just how to react to what they're doing. I mean, you know, he was a guy that even when they you know had some goals that have put them ahead, um, you know, before they went on this road trip, they finally got a two goal lead and going into the first intermission. And he talked about just saying, guys, you know, like we've finally done that. Now let's get back to the game. You know, don't don't get too don't get too distracted. And you know, I would say for the most part, you know, especially in the way they talk about it, games, even after they've lost, that's how they talk. Is that they, that they they're trying not to get down. I mean, it's hard to imagine that those losses weren't wearing on them because you know there was a stretch there where it just felt like okay, they're doing good, and then things fell apart in the last ten minutes and. You know, the next night it happened again, and then you start getting down on yourself, thinking, "Oh man, are we actually going to blow this again?" And sure enough, there's your reinforcing example in the next game. But they managed to battle through it, and you know, I think they're feeling up. But I think I did think before uh, before they went on the road trip, they won there. You know, they won the second night in a row against. Um, I'm drawing a complete blank now. It was Nashville, and then and then who was it? I can't remember. St. Louis. <laughs> St. Louis. Louis, thanks. Yeah. That's right. And now we both know, got a mix up on the air. We're even. <laughs> you, you know, after the game, you go in there and you talk to them, and they're very aware of like, yeah, this is good, but they're also, you know, like we we've been fighting luck all season, and and uh, you know they they were trying to keep pretty calm about it. I mean, they were they were they were they were happy, but they were still cautious. I guess is the best way to put it. Speaking of Patrick Johnston from the Province Canucks reporter. And you talk about not getting too high, not getting too low, kind of battling with luck. And I think of no Canuck who embodies this uh, to to a better degree than that of Nikolai Goldobin, who seems yeah. to be fighting it with not just the on-ice results, but the coach himself had that reset, came back to the lineup. <laughs> He's been producing a bit since. 
and he actually had the assist on the game-tying goal uh, Thursday against the Predators. What can you tell us about Nikolai Goldobin's development and where he's at in his stage of development with the coaching staff this season? Well, you know, I've told you, I've told you off air, Dylan, that, uh, that uh, this, this is a guy that I want to make quotable. He's a, he's a funny guy. He's got some personality to him. But you put a microphone in front of him, and he gets really, really careful. And you can understand why. He's a guy that, uh, you know, has had some, I suppose, some, you know, coming up. Did perhaps have some criticism about his sort of focus on all aspects of the games, the little things as they were. Um, but who definitely in the last year and a half has vastly improved, I would say, in, you know, in what he does away from the puck. That he's much more focused. He's much more diligent. He's not just making nice plays, but he's getting himself ready for nice plays. Um, and, you know, I think he's also careful. He doesn't want to be seen as sort of trumpeting his own horn, as, as you know, saying anything that's going to get him in trouble. Um, and, and so as a result, you know, you talk to him and, and, you know, you can see, you can still see the energy there. Um, but, but you know, it, it's one of those ones where he, you know, he, he's just trying to be the good teammate. And, and uh, that, that's been a kind of, you know, I suppose a, a storyline into itself. I mean, I... I have every reason to think he's always been the, the good teammate, but he sure as heck is trying to make an, you know, an emphasis on that point right now. Patrick, what's your thoughts on Adam Gaudet right now? When we see a healthy Brandon Sutter come back to the yeah. lineup, where do you think Adam Gaudet is best served? Uh, that's a great question. I've sort of got something teed up almost for next uh, next weekend as we head into the Christmas break because it doesn't look like Sutter's going to come back. San Berti, although you know, a couple weeks ago looked like maybe he was going to be back, but he also doesn't look like he's going to be back given that he skated by himself uh, this morning at the rink. Um, Gaudet. You know, I think more than likely, once uh, you know, once Brandon Sutter comes back, I think Godet's probably going to end up in the minors. I mean, there's first of all, it's the easy move to make. You can send him down um, without having to put him through waivers. They'd have to put probably Alex Biega through waivers, although you never know. Maybe they look at another player. Um, but nonetheless, everybody else still needs waivers, and they lost Brandon Leipzig on their last guy. They put through waivers, so maybe they're feeling gun shy. I don't know. Um, also, you have to think about how they actually want to build their team. And going into the season, the plan was Beagle and Sutter as the defensive guys and Horvat and Pedersen as the offensive guys. And got at getting the taste here and there while he did his stuff in Unica. So I think that's your story there. Um, I think that's probably what's going to happen as well as he's played. He's been a solid player. You know, obviously he's only got the one goal, uh, which was a very nice goal, by the way. But, yeah, I, I think they'll say, hey, Adam, you're looking great. That's awesome. We're, we're, we're happy with your progress. Go to Utica. We want you to work on this, this, and this. All right, we've been debating something uh, throughout the show, the offer sheet. It's our fresh take uh, poll question today. Do you think we'll see uh, offer sheets this summer from NHL teams? We debated whether, because the, 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 the Toronto Maple Leafs are clearly one of yeah. those teams that people are going to focus on. Yeah. I am of the opinion that the Vancouver Canucks should take a serious run at a player like Mitch Marner. Now, of course, if you mm. can get Mitch Marner on an offer sheet less than or you know anywhere between 8.1 to 10.1, 
$1.1 million. I know that seems like a lot of money, but you'd have to give up two first-round picks, a second, and a third. Now, mind you, you right. would still get your pick from this year. Do you mm-hmm. think that is something that the Canucks would actually look at? I know there's people in the inbox right now saying to us, guys, the blue line, though, you know, you can't, and we've seen what Jim Benning has done in free agency. He hasn't knocked it out of the park when it comes to free agency. Uh, drafting seems to be his best strength. Uh, what are your thoughts on whether the Canucks should even look at an offer sheet for a player? Well, I mean, if you can if you can add Mitch Marner, you do everything you can to add Mitch Marner. I don't think there's any uh, <laughs> any doubt about that. Uh, and, and, you know, the price in, in terms of draft picks is going to be high. But Marner, you know, I will defer to Dylan, but I'm going to bet that there is a numbers case that the value in Marner is possibly there, especially if you do the math that Marner is going to bump you up the list and drop you down, uh, drop you down the draft pick list, you know, into the teams that you're all of a sudden not worried about missing out on perhaps those level of players. At the same time, we have also seen what missing out on young players can do to a club over the years. So, but Marner, I think if you can get Marner, you do it. At the same time, I look at that front office in Toronto and I just don't see, I just don't see them letting it get to that point. I, I, what I do see is them turning around saying, okay, yeah, we do have to make a trade. We're going to have to flip Marner. We're going to have to flip, um, you know, we're going to we're gonna have to flip another guy to make, make space. Maybe, they, you know, so I, I don't, I don't, I don't think it's a, I don't think it's a realistic thing to actually land the player on an offer sheet. I think there could be some moves. And, yeah, I think people are right to say, listen, the Canucks need to think in the big picture about um, what they're looking like on the back end, which is that, first of all, they're going to have three open spots next year. Uh, and second of all, they need they just need more, um, which leads you to the kind of the knock-on effect. Okay, great. If you, if you somehow miraculously add Mitch Marner, which would be a great thing to your lineup, all of a sudden you can start looking at other players on your team especially at the top end. Um, I, I, you know, I think, I think we get, you know, it, it's kind of where the, the Leafs are going to have to make a choice now too, in that they do have, uh, they do have talent on the forward lines that they can potentially afford to lose because they need to shore up the blue line. So now you start talking about, okay, you know, the Canucks could think that way if they added him, but at the same time, what are you going to pay to give up or what are you going to pay to get him on this team? Um, yeah, I mean, I think, I, I, I think Marner would be got a target. Now, do I think there'll be actually be offer sheet? I mean, they, they've happened so rarely. And you look at specific cases, you look at, say, like the Shea Weber case where the Flyers literally, literally were trying to prey on the Predators' financial situation. How much money did they literally have in the bank and would they actually be able to make this payout? Uh, and they made a bet that Nashville wouldn't and it was touch and go for Nashville and they made it work. And then you look at, uh, you know, say 10 years ago, the Canucks did the same thing with David Backus. You know, that they, you know, and it happened years ago with Ryan Kessler. Um, these are moves that happen, but in the long run, nobody ever, nobody ever really changes teams. Like teams are in the, in the end, they, they take the value that's there and they figure it out. I, there might, I mean, maybe there'll be an offer, but I, I don't, I don't see a player changing teams through an offer sheet. And because of that, I think it's unlikely it's going to happen. Well, I, I tend to agree with you. I just think if it didn't happen to Nikita Kucherov when he got yeah. signed for under, what, $4.8 million, if, if there isn't a team that's willing to step up to the plate and best that offer... I don't think we're ever going to see it. I, I think, you know, call it collusion, call it teams being wary of retribution, uh, whatever you want to attribute that to. It's just it hasn't happened yet. And until I see it, uh, color me skeptical.
Yeah, I'm I'm the same way. I mean, I I don't even know if it's collusion. I think it's just a case of I think I think teams recognize the value in draft picks, and I, I think there's been so few it rare you know so few instances where teams are lined up correctly with uh, with you know picks to spare, and um, you know who are perhaps picking later in the first round, and can say, listen, this is a guy that will make our team, and we can we can go without a couple top end prospects for a couple seasons. I got I got the other thing too. I mean, this may be the exception. You know, it's entirely possible. You never say never. It's entirely possible that this is the year where, because there are a few guys out there that are, you know, have appealing, um, you know, appealing skill sets and, and players that could make a difference for your team. You know, maybe this is the year, and there are teams that are, you know, there's enough teams I feel like that are saying, listen, if we add this guy, this guy will push us over the top. I feel like there's now we're getting to that point again. That maybe it happens, but like I said, I, and, and like you said, Dylan, I, I, I'm just so skeptical of the whole situation. Well, Patrick, enjoy the game tonight, and you can catch Patrick on Twitter at Rising Action. And uh, hey, uh, hopefully, we'll have you again here on Rinkwide. Thanks, boys. Have fun. Patrick Johnson from the province. Uh, When we come back, final segment of the show, we're going to give you this week's code word on how you can win a snowboard courtesy of our friends at Wired Snowboards. And, of course, Chantel Chan is going to tell us what's on the schedule for the Canucks this week. Stick with us. Rink-wide, TSN 1040. If you've been injured in a car accident, come talk to the legal capologist at BTM Lawyers to find out what your claim is worth. Find them at btmlawyers.com. Uh, Chantel Chan, what's up on the schedule this week? Well, tonight they've got the Flyers at home. They're opening up a five-game homestand. So tonight the Flyers, then it's a back-to-back against the Oilers. Then comes Tampa. St. Louis Ooh. and Winnipeg. Tampa. That's, I'm looking forward to that game. Thank you for that. Uh, Chantel, let's reset the Subway Fresh Take poll question. Final results here. Uh, do you think we'll see offer sheets this summer from NHL teams? On Twitter, 56% saying yes. Much different story on the website, though. 80% saying yes. So uh, either way, you shake it down. Uh, people think they're going to see offer sheets this year. We're going to welcome in Blake and Brooke. Your thoughts. Offer sheets this year in the NHL and perhaps maybe the Canucks going after a player like, say, Mitch Marner? Uh, I, I don't think... I mean, there's a lot of tough talk right now from... Well, there's not even really a lot. You listen to guys like Kekalina, they're trying to, like, you know, put out any of the smoke. The, the, the situation is rife for it. And I don't think it'll happen. Would you give up the comp- <laughs> I just don't. Would you give up that sort Kinda of compensation? where I stand. Brooke, would you give up that sort of compensation? If you had to pay Mitchell Marner anywhere between 8.1 to 10.148, that would be two firsts, a second, and a third. Now, mind you, you'd get to keep your first from this year. What are your thoughts? I wouldn't touch an offer sheet. I don't think people will either. I find your poll question interesting. On Twitter, usually a younger audience, they may be wanting offer sheets. And then you get on the webpage where, for whatever reason, the older audience and the jaded old people like me say, you're never you're not going to see a lot of offer sheets. But it's reversed, isn't it? Isn't it reversed? Yeah, yeah it is yeah. reversed. I I'm, I'm the around. one, I'm the cynical one who's saying until I see it happen, yeah, it I'm not going to predict it. Because when Nikita Kucherov was there, I think two summers ago, he signed for under $5 million. He was there all summer. Yeah. Nobody stepped to the plate. I don't think it's going to happen for Mitch Marner. I don't think it's going to happen for Matthews. And until I see anything to the contrary, color me skeptical. But you're saying on your Twitter, so I have it backwards, like yeah. on your Twitter. Twitter's, Twitter's 56. Here's the caveat website to all of that. Yeah, I know. I got it right. Two words. Two words. Yeah. Tom Dundon. 
Yeah. He's the only guy. Yes. That might be anti-NHL establishment enough. Might be, I don't give a rat, yeah. you know what, about what Yarmo Kekalainen thinks of me. I'm going to, he'd be the one guy that may, and he, they've got the cap space and all of that. Unless it's a defenseman, it right? He's not. He's well, not an officer. Right. No, yeah, the no, the no. thing with the the Hurricanes is that they're trying to acquire a Jeff Skinner like player, perhaps an Elias Lindholm type player, and I just don't know <laughs> oh, where wait, you're going to yeah. find those in yeah, the NHL these days. <laughs> I mean, really, you just more historically though, when you did 10, 15 years ago, see the odd offer sheet, it didn't work out necessarily for the team. She had to pay such a high price. But what the Hurricanes can do is they can extort the Leafs a little bit and say, "Yeah, we've got a ton of talent here. I'm going to offer sheet your guy unless you sell him to me for." Yeah, Brett Pesci in the second round pick. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Uh, the Alpine Credits pregame show follows us, of course, with the boys Blake and Brooke. Uh, guys, here's this week's code word uh, for your chance to win a snowboard, courtesy of Wired Snowboards. It's Seymour. So send Seymour and your full name into either live at TSN1040.ca via email or text us at 104040. That's been Rinkwide for this week. Stick around. The Alpine Credits pregame show is next for myself and JD Burke. This is. This is Rinkwide on TSN 1040. We'll see you next Saturday.